trip was. Oh, it was so good. It was amazing. You spent so many, you know, weekly verdicts. So many weekly verdicts on it. (laughs) It was just like, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start describing it. People are like, how was it? Was it great? And I'm like, yeah, it was amazing. But like, it was also a lot of travel. It was like nonstop. We were nonstop the whole time we were there. Um, but I got to eat some super delicious food. Ooh. Um, see some really cool things that I've wanted to see forever. Sure. Um, Ian was unimpressed by Big Ben. <laughs> it's a giant takeaway from the whole trip because he brings it up every time we talk about it. He's just He's like Big Ben, right? And we're like, it was like it's called Big Ben because when it was built, it was like, holy shit. Right. This is amazing. It's just the clock, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, an amazing, like, landmark. Whatever. And he's, like, but, like, maybe we should revise the name. Oh, I'm, like, well. No, can't really do that. <laughs> Historically. <laughs> it's a no for me, dog. Isn't that the clock that Peter Pan and them land yeah. on? Okay. Yeah. So, you can't, you can't change it. No, absolutely not. Disney no. would never allow that. Disney would not. <laughs> Forget the royal family. <laughs> Yeah, the queen, the day we went over was the day that uh, the queen died. Yep. So that made our trip particularly interesting. We um, (laughs) did not get to see Buckingham Palace because, duh. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, did you really want to? I mean, here's the thing. (laughs) Some of the things that were on my list, it was just like, this is a once in a lifetime trip. Sure, sure, sure. Have to see it at least once. Yeah. Even if I don't do the tour, like I want to do a drive-by and be like, I saw that thing. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> Anytime you are riding the tube, like, near yeah. there, just the number of people just crazy. was just insane, and everybody had flowers or trinkets or whatever mm-hmm. that they all meant to, like, put out as a tribute for her. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you were near that side of the city, it was just chaos. Hmm. But yeah, England was great. Saw some shows on the West End, which were equally fantastic. Mm-hmm. How were any of the true crime stuff that you did? Oh, yeah. We did the Jack the Ripper walking tour. Yeah. Was it spooky? So it was a little spooky. Did they use the word prostitutes? Listen. (laughs) When I tell you that these people, for the first part, because, like, there was a definite shift. Now, let me preface all of this by saying the guy who led our tour is obviously incredibly knowledgeable. Sure. I think you'd have to be. Yeah. At least a little bit. Like, he was very prepared. People were asking him tons of questions, and he had very well-thought-out answers for all of them. Okay. And obviously, like, there's a huge portion of Jack the Ripper that is just, like, subjective. Yeah. Because there's so many unknowns. Sure. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, he does not believe that the From Hell letter is a real Jack the Ripper letter. Oh. He thinks that that... That's his personal opinion. Yes. Okay. Because. Not we, his guided tour no, opinion. No, because we went through the whole guided tour and I was like, that's like the other bit, like they talked about the Dear Boss letter. And then I was like, but like the From Hell letter is the other super big famous one and you're not even mentioning it one time? Yeah. Well. Like even in passing? He doesn't believe it. And he's like, I don't believe that that's real. So we don't include it on the tour. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean though? And he was like, all of us, rip, like, because the tour company that I booked with, I specifically booked with a small tour company that's ran by people who are considered to be, like, ripperologists. Oh. Yes. Oh. 
all of them have written multiple books. So. so these are all people who are considered to be highly knowledgeable in their field, and that's why I was like... Like armchair experts. No. Like, they work with people at universities oh. who are like, oh, in my... Professional. Professional opinion, blah, gotcha, blah, blah, gotcha, blah, blah. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, these are all considered to be, like, super legit people. Okay. Our uh, group leader at the beginning maybe made some unkind remarks about some of the victims... Talking about their physical looks. Oh my god! Yes, he was like, you know, you can have like what? when you think about the victims, most people are like young, beautiful twenty somethings because that's what you think about when you're like a man who's killing like do you prostitutes? Blah 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 blah. He's like in Victorian England, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, okay. Because he's like, you know, these are not women who are like young and hot by like society's standards today they have pictures i don't know if that's a fair test to their beauty i don't think so either but he's kind of like you know some (laughs) most of them have lived really hard lives they had had multiple children they didn't have dental care so they were maybe missing some teeth uh (laughs) things were a bit saggy does having multiple children change someone's appearance because things were a bit saggy Lindsay (laughs) and I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this Um, was that the only true crime thing you did it was all such a blur (laughs) I mean yeah pretty much we did a lot of historical things oh more so yes yes because England sure that shit be old as fuck it's true we went to the British Museum to see all the stuff that they've stolen from everybody else. Oh. Well. Yep. <laughs> that is kind of how museums work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ian's like, we could just go to Egypt one day. And oh, I was like, we could, well, but we can't see this because it's already been stolen. That's true. <laughs> when I tell you bitches were throwing elbows by the Rosetta Stone, though. <laughs> like, grandmas, <laughs> they were like, everybody wanted to get super close to the glass. And it was all old people. because that's is who- the Rosetta Stone? It's a thing. Because I only know the language thing. Yeah, no. So it's a tablet, (laughs) and its whole importance was that it was written in multiple languages. So it has hieroglyphs. It's got Greek. um, And then I think... Does anybody know what it it says on there? Yes. Oh, okay. Because it was a way that we learned to translate hieroglyphs because we knew the Greek language. And since... The Greek language was on there, and the same thing was written mm-hmm. in hieroglyph- hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Words are hard, apparently. You could say, like, this is what this says. So by process of elimination, like, these must mean similar things. Mm. What if we're so wrong? We could be. How embarrassing. It would it would be bad, I'd say. <laughs> There's so many, like, historical but, things that I'm like, we're wrong. <laughs> what if we're super fucking wrong? Like, we're definite. It's definite possibility. <laughs> like, I'm always so, when I'm, like, I'm like in a museum. Yep. And, like, they have, like, a little information about the things. I'm, like, like you don't know that. What if that's not true? What if, yeah. <laughs> like, what if whoever invented that or is looking at yes. that from somewhere else is, like, oh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, you are a big dumb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. But that is what. But then it was. It's a big deal. Hot. It's, it is a hot commodity. Okay. You better watch yourself. Okay. And when I tell Note you. Note to self. Ian was like. Get there early. <laughs> it was like a freaking cattle drive. Oh my god. We that's were so like funny. going through bars yeah. to try and go through like all these barricades and stuff. 
to get to the parts of the museums where all of the like goodness super popular things were. Yeah. We saw the crown jewels. Oh. We saw the beef eaters. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. People were going crazy because that was the first Sunday after the queen had died. Oh. And so in the church service, they changed the words okay. from God save the queen to God save the king. Oh, okay. And people were like crying. Oh. Because they're like, I've just grown up with God save the queen. And now they're seeing God save the king. And it was just like, it was a very culturally impactful moment because I'm like... I guess she was the queen for a really long for time. For like ever and ever. Yeah. And people really loved her. So and people be... really don't like Charles. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> um, do you want to take a break before we get it in the case file? Sure. <laughs> The case file? My brain is, like, not... <laughs> do we, we forget right. the format? Yep. How do we do this again? Um, so, our episode topic today is soul survivor. Which is a phrase that I used no less than three times in my story. Because I was like, we are underlining the topic here. <laughs> okay, I like it. I am talking about the King's Mill Massacre. Which I have never heard of. Oh, well. Probably because I'm disconnected from life um <laughs> i'm talking about the schmidt family case Ooh. so yeah you get to read the quote okay. because you go first okay these quotes they're unhinged this season people apparently buckle in all right <laughs> uh this quote is from slaughterhouse five it is. so <laughs> it says there is nothing intelligent to say about a massacre mm-hmm. and that's kurt i don't know how to say his last name i'm pretty Monica. sure it's like someone attached to slaughterhouse five so i was like i don't think it's really that important but so here's the thing i'm like i can read names and i'm like i know where you come from i don't know how to say it because i learned it from reading oh yeah yeah. so i'm going to mispronounce it that's okay um yeah the quotes this season truly unhinged as well as the fun facts because i found them three months ago so it'll be a fun fact for me as well i love this (laughs) um our drink today is a blackberry gin sling now you would think it has gin, because it's got it in the name. It says gin in the name, yes. It does not, unfortunately, like <laughs> I probably thought at the time <laughs> that I picked it. <laughs> so, this drink requires blackberries, mint leaves, honey syrup, which is just honey and water. You guys want to make it at home. It's supposedly better than simple syrup, because it brings out... The lovely flavor of tequila that is in the string. Um, lime juice, and you can garnish with blackberries and mint. For just a little special vibe. A little razzmatazz. Yeah. Um, where's my socks? This is probably going to need to be stirred. Yep. She settled a bit. It tastes like tequila. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was just oh. off the straw. Crap. All right. Time to do it. I I'm didn't know sorry. if you were going to do your fun fact. Oh, oh, I could do my fun fact if you want me to first. Do your fun fact um, and then I'm going to try it. My fun fact is just one ounce of honey would fuel a bee's flight around the world. Oh, that's precious. I know. Right? I was like, how do I, not, how do I leave this here? No, you don't. That's how. <laughs> so, And I love bees, like, a lot. All right. I'm going to try this drink. I'm really excited based on... On your facial expression. Uh, I just don't like tequila. I want to like it so fucking bad, and I do not. 
Oh, I fucks with that. <sighs> also, you're hungover. Actually, that's gone now. We've sat oh. here long enough that I'm Perfect. perfectly fine. <laughs> so Mine is super delicious. Honestly, it's maybe a little bit honey forward. Well, so that's, the, okay, unfortunately, I've learned some things about honey. Also, I learned there are only five tequilas, if you want some more fun facts. Okay. And um, that's it. Like, they don't make any more than five different kinds of tequilas. But apparently, honey is a really good way to bring forth, like, the, like, smooth, like, sipping, there's shooting tequilas, yep. and then there's sipping tequilas. You add the honey to the sipping tequilas because it actually, like, enhances the tequila's flavoring. But for anybody that knows anything about honey, that depending on when it's harvested, where you get it from, the flavor, the color, all of that can be different. Mm -hmm. So um, the honey I used is from here, Charleston, so I'm not sure if, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine, but. No, I think it's. De depending on the honey, it could change the, it could alter yes. your, your drink flavors. could so. alter your experience. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's delicious. Again, like, the complaint about it being, like, honey forward is me just being picky. I actually don't mind it. Mm -hmm. I really hate tequila, but I do think the honey really actually does make the tequila nice. better, in my opinion. Like, I do, I can see what, what they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like these people knew what they were doing or something. <laughs> Damn. So, it is probably a little watered down. Ours is. A little. <laughs> so, what would you rate this? And mm -hmm. for those who are listening for the first time... Our rating skill is a little messed up. One could say it's a little confusing, a little dicey. I think it's perfect just the way it is. <laughs> but we rate our drinks based on the audacity of a mediocre white male. Uh, one being the best, because the less audacious you are, the better you are. Ten being the worst. Yes. <laughs> so. Like, I've started going back to the gym, and I've been having some experiences with men. Oh. And I have. I have. <laughs> She's been... She's been prepping. <laughs> I have so many things ready for whenever I have a bad drink. Yeah. Because I've had some really terrible experiences with gym bros. Um, well, hopefully this is not. This is not that, though. Okay. I don't You should be them. a fan of this season. I there was going to say. I would like give this. Like six drinks that are tequila. I would give this a two. Oh, okay. I feel like I need to, like, and the, I need to drink it with my straw. I think I got a lot of water. Yeah. I think the only thing, I don't know. I think I would like this drink better if it was, like, served in margarita form. and like it frozen was slushy? As a frozen mm. versus, like, I think this would be super delicious frozen on a beach. Yes. Um. So, actually, the drink, this drink is inspired with, like, um, by a mint julep. Okay. Which is basically, so, I was trying to do it the ice. It's supposed to be super finely crushed mm -hmm. ice. So it's very, like, snow cone-esque. Yes. That's what this drink was supposed to be, like, consistency-wise, but I couldn't smash the ice enough. I was going to say, also, we so. talked for, like, an hour and a half, yeah. so, <laughs> so. kind of on us. Um, but that was the, like, the yeah. photos makes it look that way. Yes. So that's kind of the vibe it was going for, but it wasn't, like, full slushy. Okay. So, but, yes. Yeah, no, frozen, this would be great as, like, a frozen marg So you're giving this a two. I would give this a two. Yes. Yeah. It's not bad. I'm going to give it a four okay. simply because I just don't like tequila. You don't like tequila, and so. that's fair. How many times did I rank <laughs> drinks so lowly last season because they were made of like with, like, whiskey? And yeah. I'm like – or bourbon. And I'm like, I don't fuck There with were a that. few that you did like. You were surprised. I was, but most of I the time – I do like this one as far as, like, tequila drinks go. Mm -hmm. This is 
significantly better. Yeah. I think, uh, I I do think I like gold tequila more than silver. Okay. Like, yeah. flavor profile-wise in drinks. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like no, it's No, that smoother. makes sense. So. Um, so, what kind of mediocre white male is this? <laughs> Let's see. This is, like, one of my favorite things to do. It is. It yes. is. I love it so much. <laughs> You know what? Since my bad ones are going to be gym themed, I think I'm going to make the good ones gym themed too. Oh. Maybe our ratings are just going to be gym themed. I don't know. I reserve the right to veer away from that. Okay. I'm on a gym kick right now. Okay. 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 We're riding it as much as we can. Sure. Well, to get maximum results. Yes. So this is a guy at the gym who like gets the fuck out your way by the water thing. Mm. Like, you know how there's two water fountains at a Planet Fitness? There's like a tall one and a short one. Yes. And sometimes people stand in front of the short one because they're using the tall one and they don't want anybody nearby. And it's like, cool, you have a line of three people behind you. This is like, hey, I'm filling out my water bottle, but I'm going to stand on this side of it so somebody else can use that other water fountain. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a considerate individual okay. who um, isn't trash. Okay. Well, that's – I cannot relate to this. <laughs> don't go to the gym. I have an elliptical in my bedroom. Must be nice. <laughs> so <laughs> – it was actually cheap elliptical, but tall people can't use it. No, no, we cannot. So, ten out of ten if you're under like five five. <laughs> so. It'll be linked in our Amazon storefront. <laughs> oh my god, I love those. I get lost in those on TikTok. Oh, I'm like, yes. yes, sell me the things that you have Tell in your home. Tell me what you Tell have. Me. You see that lamp over there? That's where that came from. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh. oh my god. Okay, tell me that's not the coziest lamp you've ever laid your eyes on for a library. Okay, you can you can tell me it's not. That's okay. fine too. You don't Let have to me, like it. Alex no, hates it. Here's the thing. Let me be honest with you. It's giving Winnie the Pooh. Okay, but that's what I wanted. Okay, and yes. see, and that's what you want. Then it's fucking spot the fuck on. <laughs> I want so so yes. Like I'm changing my office, yeah. the podcast loft, whatever this yes. area is, whenever I want it to be to be cozier. Yeah. So I'm bringing in more like woodsy yes. nature then vibes. You that's what it. I like. So. Then you did it. Mission accomplished. Alex hates that fucking lamp. He thinks it's the ugliest lamp he's ever seen. You know what? I think it's adorable. Ian I would put this hated, in a child's nursery. Ian hated the idea of green cabinets, and then once our kitchen got done, he was like, wow, good call by you. And yeah. I was like, yeah. You have to have the vision. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm actually getting a uh, stick-on wallpaper for yes. this whole wall. It's like dark floral mm-hmm. pattern and then I'm getting floating shelves for above my computer area for all my little like knickknacks oh my god did I show you that snow globe the Chernobyl snow globe that I showed this to you right no oh my god Alex got me this for my birthday. what the fuck <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes this is so niche I know this is so niche <laughs> how would you even do that I don't know. So, um... Where does one get a Chernobyl? Etsy. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it came from Ukraine. I'm Amazing. pretty sure. Um, I love that. Okay, so he hands the snow globe to me. I'm sorry, real fast. I have to show the, share this story. He hands me the snow globe. He, this is, like... He bought this months before my birthday. Like, yeah. he paid extra for it to get here in time. Like, he... It, I mean, I think the shipping was, like, $40 for that thing. And I'm pretty sure it was originally $80. So the snow globe was like a small fortune. <laughs> yeah, that is like unheard of in the snow globe chronicles. Okay, but, and I'm not like a snow globe fan. Like, right. I don't really have any. 
Um, so he puts the snow globe in my hand and I open my eyes and I'm like, it's a snow globe. Mm-hmm. And, like, my reaction is so, like, muted. And, like, yeah. He goes, it's Chernobyl. I was like, oh my god, how did you find a Chernobyl how? snow globe? And then he shakes it up and he goes, it's atomic ash in there. <laughs> oh my god. This is so dark and, like, uh, fucked up. The, but it, why is it oh black snow? <laughs> but also, like, I can't say anything because one of Ian's stocking stuffers, and I can say this because it's not coming out before Christmas, one oh, of yeah. his stocking stuffers is a toaster bath bomb. Oh, my God. And it's, it's called it's called Your Final Bath. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen those. Um, yeah, I don't know. You can find some crazy stuff on Etsy. You really can. <laughs> but, um, I Pretty much everybody's Christmas gifts came from Etsy this I year. I love Etsy. If I can do Etsy, I prefer to do Etsy. That is my thing. That's why I started Christmas gift shopping, like, yeah. several, yes. several weeks slash months ago, because I'm like, Etsy, sometimes be interesting mm-hmm. with its shipping times, but I'm like, I would much rather buy from Etsy than Amazon. Yeah, agreed. 110%. Um, well, also, and I love right now, like, all these small businesses are advertising themselves on TikTok, so I'm yes. finding such unique gifts. I, <laughs> like, I found these cute... Um, journals, and they're, like, those, like, use this when you're high journals oh, yes, or yes, whatever. Yes. I love those. And I have a couple of friends who are, like, super artistic and also like to get fucked up. I mean. Hey. And I'm, like, this is perfect. That's great. I mean, I feel like Etsy really, like, lets you. Mm-hmm. Etsy should sponsor us, I feel. Yes. <laughs> we should be sponsored by Etsy, although they probably won't actually like me because <laughs> I always do the thing. I found out that if you're shopping, like, if you're on Facebook, Oh, and you see an Etsy ad, no. and you click on it no. and buy it through yeah. there. Then Etsy, the corporation, takes more of the profits from the business that you're buying from. Yeah. So there's been very frequent, like very I frequently, go and, it has occurred. Copy and paste. Yep. Now that's what I'm I've like. Learned that to do. looks great. I'll click on it. I'll see whose store it is, mm-hmm. and then I'll just close out of that app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start a new tab. <laughs> go to the Etsy website. Yes. And then, yeah, search for the item. I won't even search by the shop. I will just search for the item and then find the shop. Yeah, I mean, you can get Chernobyl Snow Globe. I could get a Chernobyl Snow Globe. It also has a date on there, and I'm pretty sure that's the date of the horrible thing that happened at Chernobyl. <laughs> okay, again, why is it black snow? It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, I mean. I mean, like, what happened at Chernobyl? It has to be. There's no other way it makes sense in my mind. Absolutely not. That is 100% what it is. This is, there is no question. And here's the thing. This is one of those things where it's like, if like Hot Topic was selling this, I would have a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. I don't know why I'm okay with this, but I am. Because, (laughs) because for as far as you know, it could have been made by someone whose family was impacted by this. possible. Maybe they're donating. And, you know. But even if they're not. I care. I'm not. Well, here's the thing. Also, like, I'm trying to support people in the Ukraine right now. So, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. In whatever way we can. And Um, if that means buying Chernobyl snow globes, then by God, so be it. I mean, it's pretty great. But yeah, so all my little knickknacks that are currently on my bookshelves will be going on my loading shelves over there. Yeah. Alex also got me a mini figure of my D and D character that I'm obsessed with. Yeah. So one of your gifts. Well, it was part of your birthday gift that's also becoming your Christmas gift. Oh, that's okay. It's all going to be in the same basket. <laughs> I love a basket. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm very excited for your Christmas present. It's been in my saved cart 
for probably since your birthday, because it was almost going to be your birthday, oh my but God. then we opted to get you something else, yes. so it's just been sitting there. No, literally four yours, like, I saw it. I saw it in a Facebook ad. This is oh. one of those things that I did, and I was like, we got to search for it, <laughs> and I ordered it, and let me tell you the dumb shit that I did. I ordered it, and then I forgot that I'd ordered it, and so I ordered oh, another no. one, and then the one that I ordered literally got there the day that, and I had to send them an email, and I was like, hey, so. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> My bad. Um, <laughs> Not on you. <laughs> like, I would get her two of these, yes, but I don't think there's an actual use for two of them. Mm. Therefore. Sure. So, we have an Amazon storefront, but also... <laughs> but also, to the Etsy. case. <laughs> to the cases. Because yeah. Lindsay's going to have so much to edit. It's okay. So, I'm just going to jump right in. Please, Yes. Uh, my case is actually a more recent one. It just happened in July of this year. Oh. Yes. The most recent update was actually just a few weeks ago. Crazy. So very, very recent. Um, it's a case that is honestly awful. Um, oh, well. But if you came here for a happy story. Well, you came to the wrong place. This is not it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the case of Arlo Schmidt and the Schmidt family murder. Mm-hmm. Arlo Schmidt was the only survivor of his entire family being murdered. Oh, well, that makes sense, seeing as the topic was sole survivor. Yes. So please forgive me. I looked up a pronunciation of this state park, and there were two. And I don't know which one is right. Oh, no. So I'm just picking one and going with it. Please don't yell at me. Uh, I'll do my best. Maquaqueta State Park Mm -hmm. has more caves in it than any other state park in the state of Iowa which makes it a very popular tourist attraction. Uh, The campsite is popular with outdoorsy families who are interested in a unique stay with plenty of neat places to take in and enjoy. And these interesting attractions are what brought the Schmidt family to camp at Maquacota State Park. Sarah and Tyler Schmidt were a couple who loved the outdoors and planned on passing that love of the outdoors to their children. They lived in Cedar Falls, which made the caves a less than two-hour drive away, which was the perfect distance for a quick family getaway camping trip. Now, this type of getaway was typical for the family. Sarah and Tyler took their parental responsibilities super seriously, especially when it came to raising adventurous children and showing their children the beauty of the world. The family was close-knit, and by all accounts, the children were into the outdoors just like their parents. Um, There were two children, a nine-year-old son named Arlo and a six-year-old daughter named Lula, which are actually really cute names. Those are, yeah. Now, in all the pictures of the family that I saw while researching, they were, like, always, like, right on top of each other. Super, super close. Huge smiles on their face. And they're, like, real little kid smiles because I feel like it's easy as, like, grown-ups to be like, yes, I'm smiling or Mm. I'm going to pretend to laugh. Yeah. But kids, you can tell them, like, to smile, and if they're having a terrible time, they're going to grimace. Yeah, yeah. I have to send pictures at work of kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like even whenever I'm, like, researching cases and stuff, you see, like, family pictures, and you can tell the kids are just not having the time of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but in every single picture of this family, like, the kids were 100% in it. The parents Aww. looked happy. Like, they just perfect little family unit. And how those pictures appear seems to be pretty accurate, according to what you hear from the friends. Um, They say that the family was super close, constantly having a good time together. Also, like, I feel like having friends who are parents, there are definitely sometimes when the parents are like, Jesus Christ, going to go do this thing with the kids. We're going to go on a hike. (laughs) It's 
going to be great. That's me as a teacher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they were always like, no, this is going to be amazing. Like, yeah, it was yeah. never like, like – genuinely exactly. excited. And- this is what they wanted. So the four of them, Sarah, Tyler, Lula, and Arlo, were all hanging out in and around their tent on the morning of July 22nd mm-hmm. when 23-year-old Anthony Sherwin came by and changed Arlo's life forever. Mm. So Anthony was at Maquiquetta State Park on a family camping trip, just like the Schmidt family. Okay. Both of his parents were sharing a tent with him. The Schmitz and the Sherwins were staying in the same area of the campground, and their tent sites were actually only like 75 yards apart, so decently close for a campground, I'd say. Anthony had no prior criminal record, at least no record that anyone can find evidence of on the state of Iowa or Nebraska, which is where his family was from. Mm -hmm. And as such, he was able to own a gun. He brought this gun on the camping trip. He did have it locked and its own individual case which is technically appropriate protocol for when you have a gun it should be like kept on safety the clip should be out of it it should be locked in its own case so that no one can get a hold of it who shouldn't have it i thought it was interesting because i feel like a lot of state parks don't allow things like that but apparently well mm, you can bring it in Mm -hmm. but there's a huge fine for like firing i've seen some places so that's i'm like Mm, that's very yeah I feel like if you're breaking a gun, it's to use in case of an emergency. Right. So it's weird that they are fine with it, but if you fire it, then yeah. you're going to get fined. It's. Okay. According to his parents, everything seemed totally fine, super normal with him, but unfortunately, as we already know, that was not the case. Right, 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 yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, the events began to unfold early in the morning. It isn't sure exactly what time the attack began. But what is clear is that around 6.30 a.m., campers heard gunshots from a nearby tent. Mm -hmm. As people went outside to see what was going on, they noticed a young boy with blonde hair running towards another tent, obviously in distress. The tent that the boy ran to was the tent of Anthony Sherwin and his parents. He ran right into the arms of Anthony's mother, Cecilia Sherwin. He was shouting about how a man dressed in green had come into the tent and shot his parents and sister before running away. Oh my goodness. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's intense. Autopsy reports would later be shared by the Iowa Department of Public Safety, revealing the full extent of the attack. Mm -hmm. Tyler Schmidt died from gunshot wounds and multiple sharp force injuries. Sarah Schmidt also died from gunshot wounds and multiple sharp force injuries. So... Potentially some type of stabbing. Okay. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. shooting. Sure. Mm-hmm. Lula, the young daughter. Mm-hmm. How, how old was she again? Uh, she was six. Okay. Suffered a slightly different type of attack. She died from gunshot wounds, but had evidence of strangulation as well. Okay. Arlo was the only family member who survived physically, and as far as the medical reports There wasn't show, anything. He had no injuries. He was in the tent, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Like I mentioned, people called the police. Yeah. They start taking stock of who's, where, what's going on. The only camper unaccounted for by his family was Anthony. Mm-hmm. Now, as the police processed the scene, they began a controlled evacuation of the park to get a head count of everybody who was there because there was also a children's camp oh. that was taking place at this park right now. Okay. So they evacuated all the children and then evacuated all the families doing a head count of everybody who had gone into the park. Yeah. And once they were done... 
the only camper unaccounted for was Anthony. Mm. And his gun was also missing. Now, in giving his statement, Arlo told the police that the man who hurt his family was wearing a black sweatshirt. But Cecilia last remembered Anthony wearing a green sweatshirt, Mm -hmm. which led to some confusion. They're like, okay, well, maybe someone stole his gun. What Cecilia mentioned was, like, maybe he heard a commotion, took the gun out for self-defense, and went to see what was going on. Okay. That was her supposition. What was also taken into account was that eyewitnesses are often the most unreliable resource. It's crazy. Especially when both eyewitnesses are as traumatized as as these two people are. You have a nine-year-old who just watched his family get murdered. Right. And then you have the potential mother of the perpetrator. Right. Who was also the first person this nine-year-old came into contact with. Yeah. The other thing was there were no links between Anthony Sherwin and the Schmidt family whatsoever. So far as anybody could find out, the only time they had ever been in any kind of contact was this camping trip and the fact that they happened to be at the same campground. Now, eventually police decided a sweep of the park needed to be made to try and find Anthony Sherwin with the understanding that he was potentially armed and dangerous. And after an extensive search of the park and caves, Anthony Sherwin was found dead as a result of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And while I couldn't find a definitive trusted source to tell me exactly what color shirt he was wearing, I did read in multiple sources that no discarded black clothing was found around the park. Following a forensic examination, it was determined that the gun Anthony was in possession of matched the weapon used to kill the Schmidt family. Mm -hmm. The official statement from the Iowa Department of Public Safety is that, quote, the investigation into the events surrounding the homicides is ongoing. However, the known facts and circumstances and all evidence collected to this point substantiate Sherwin as the perpetrator of the homicides and he acted alone. Again, Cecilia, his mother, has spoken with several news outlets and stated Anthony gave no indication that he was capable of something like this. Yeah. And she's just as shocked as literally everyone else that happened. Like, he was sleeping in their tent with them and then woke up and went and did this. While the rest of the family suffered significantly, it remains unclear why Arlo remained physically untouched by the attacker. After everything kind of settled down, friends and loved ones gathered for a celebration of life for the deceased members of the Schmidt family, Uh which provided people an opportunity to reflect on the good times that the family had had together. Arlo did not attend, which I think is probably the best choice they could have made for him. Yeah. But several people spoke directly to him while talking about, like, they people, like, took turns, like, this is a good memory that I had with the family, blah, 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 blah. People were like, Arlo, if you're watching this, like, know that your parents loved you, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That way, if he ever does decide to watch it later on in his life, there will be, like, positive affirming messages for him. The sheriff in charge of the investigation took to Facebook to share his message of support to Arlo. And it's actually really nice and heartfelt, shockingly. Basically apologizing. He was like, I'm sorry that our interaction was brief. But I'm glad we were able to find answers for who did this to your family. And I hope, like, this brings you some sort of closure. And if there's ever, like, anything I can do for you kind of thing. Which is nice. Very nice. Um, A GoFundMe was set up for Arlo. Mm -hmm. Which has raised almost $300,000 for him. Okay. Yeah. Now, while the money will be helpful, I'm sure he would rather have his family back. Yeah. Yeah. But. um, Do you know, like, where Arlo went? According to what I was able to find online, he is 
with either grandparents or aunts mm-hmm. and uncles. That's kind of I saw both yeah. reported. Just so with family he members, is with family members being mm-hmm. taken care of. Obviously, is very loved and has a ton of support from the community. And that is sucks. the heartbreaking case of sole survivor Arlo Schmidt. This one's awful. Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible. I mean, I just, for everybody in that whole situation, it just sounds awful. Like, I'm always, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think about it in the moment, obviously, when I'm doing something. But when we're talking about these cases on the podcast, then, like, what if, like, today is the last day? All right. Because like, you don't know, obviously. Like, when I'm going out, like, when I'm going to the grocery store, I'm not thinking about it then. Like, yeah. oh, someone could kill me right now. Like, that's awful. But, like, when I'm, when we were talking about this, especially, like, that, like, this family is just going camping. All these families are just going camping, yep. living their lives, making memories, and then they are dead. Ready to hear about a massacre? I'm ready. Okay. Mine is really short. There's a lot of, like, back and forth. Okay. So I left a lot of that stuff out because it's... Right. It's purely it's, hypothesis. It's conflicted across multiple Jesus. platforms. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stick to the facts. The facts aren't a ton. It's still getting updated. Okay. A red minibus carrying textile workers home was stopped by a man just after 5.30 p.m. on January 5th, 1976. The textile workers assumed they were being stopped and searched by the British Army, but as the bus came to a stop, this idea soon vanished as 11 gunmen emerged from bushes in similar combat uniform as the man who stopped their bus. One of the men in this large group ordered the textile workers to get out of the bus and line up facing the bus with their hands on the roof. The man asked, who is the Catholic? Richard Hughes made the choice to identify himself despite his workmates' attempts to stop him. Mm-hmm. Originally, there were five Catholics and, like, 11 something else. I don't know. Another religion. Um, but I, I guess the stop right before this one, four of the five Catholics had gotten off the bus to, like, head to their homes and stuff. So yeah. there, was only, there was actually only one. But Richard's workmates feared that the gunmen were loyal loyalists who were going to kill Richard for being Catholic. Yeah. So he steps forward and was told to get down and don't look back. So they're thinking, and like Richard himself is thinking, okay, I'm going to be executed. It's presumed to be the leader of this group. Mm-hmm. He says a word in English, and then the gunmen opened fire on the textile workers at close range with automatic r- rifles. Jesus. And they let Richard Hughes get away. Like, they told him, run away. Don't come back. So the opposite of what they were thinking this entire time happens. Yeah. 136 rounds were fired in less than a minute. God. The gunmen reloaded their weapons, and then one gunman walked amongst the dying men, and shot each in the head. Ten of the workers died at the scene, and I have their names and ages. John Bryan's 46, Robert Chambers, 19, Reginald Chapman, 25, Walter Chapman, 23, Robert Freeburn, 50, Joseph Lemon, 46, John McConville, 20, James McWhorter, 58, Robert Walker, 46, and Kenneth Wharton, 24. Mostly young men. Yeah. There was an article I read, but I didn't include it because I did have a chance to, like, check it. Right. But they do mention, like, 
what these, like, what the loved ones of these men were doing at the time that they were being executed. Oh, my God. And so, like, and it's just, like, just living their lives. Like, one of the men, his wife was at home having tea. Alan Black was 32, and outside of Richard Hughes was the only survivor of this attack. He was shot, like, on the ground and was shot in his head. He had been shot 18 times. But the bullet that was supposed to shoot him in the head grazed Ugh. his head. And so Alan has said, I didn't even flinch because I knew if I had moved, there would be another one. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a couple came upon the scene. Authorities get called. An ambulance comes. Alan's rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He survives, obviously. Um, and they start doing investigation. Okay. This is where things get a little dicey on information. All right. So one of the cops officers, authorities, I'm not sure with what, what the word a would dude. be used here, um, was involved in oh. a previous night's murder. Oh, good. So, I'm sorry, where does this take place again? Pretty sure Ireland, because the IRA yeah. is involved. Okay, <laughs> so. got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> That's where I'm like, I'm a little confused on information-wise, like, yeah, who, what is going on? So, the following day after... These textile workers are attacked and murdered. Mm-hmm. A caller claims responsibility for the attack. The caller claimed the attack of the textile workers was on behalf of an action force and was in direct retaliation of the murder that occurred the night before, the Revi O'Dowd killings. Okay. Okay. The caller continued that there would be no further action on their part if loyalists stopped their attack. But before ending the call, which this makes me feel like this is why the caller called, um, the caller made one last declaration that their group had no connection with the IRA. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's chill. <laughs> so, two AR-18 rifles used in the shooting were found by the British Army in 1990, so mm-hmm. quite a few years later, and um, were for fren- for forensically tested. Based off of that, the rifles were reported to be linked to 17 killings from 1974 to 1990. Further ballistic studies found the guns used in the attack were linked to 37 killings, 22 attempted killings, 19 non-fatal shootings, and 11 finds of spent cartridges between 1974 and 1989. The IRA denied responsibility for the killings and was on... Ceasefire at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a 2011 report concluded that provisional IRA members were responsible and the attack against the textile workers was planned prior to the Revi O'Dowd killings that took place the night before. Yeah. So, information gets a little confusing, but there was allegedly a meeting on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. or New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. For the textile worker attack, which was very much so before, because this took place on January 5th. Okay. In 2012, it was revealed that the gunman who finished off the dying men could have been arrested five months later in 1974, if I believe that was the year. This individual is actually protected as a cipher name with the letter P in all the documents. He is not the only, I think there are two... Yeah. People that are known, two individuals that were related to this incident yeah. that are named, at, like, with ciphers. Uh, Alan Black is, like, I think there was an article from 2020 where mm-hmm. he is trying to get that 
Yeah. Removed. Yes. And that he feels like these people should be tried for. Yeah. Their crimes. and Or at the very least, people should know who did this. Yeah. But according to this leaked document, P was wounded when British soldiers engaged in IRA units on June 25th, 1976. P then fled over the border while three other IRA members were captured. Mm-hmm. So P is wounded, goes to a hospital, is being treated for his wounds at a hospital over the border. Mm-hmm. Two of the members captured named P as the fourth member. So they know this dude's name. Right. They can find him. Yeah. Two of the guns captured by this unit had been used in the Kingsmill Massacre due to ballistic studies. Yeah. They gather this. According to the Royal Military Police document, security forces knew P was being treated, made no attempt to arrest him, which has led many people to assume that P was actually a British agent. And that the people involved, the 11 gunmen or 12 gunmen involved in this attack, were all British agents. Oh. Like, double agents. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, that's kind of where my information stops yeah um it becomes conjecture it really does um like i said alan black is trying to get that removed perfect and would at least like the identity of the person involved in his near death yeah in the death of yeah that would, others to would, be um, identified <laughs> i would want that as well i'd say um but that is the kingsmill massacre it is like intense with the back and forth and that's why i was like i just don't I don't need all the hearsay. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's factual. I don't know what's truth. I'm all, I can only use what's, like, been leaked. And yes. that's pretty much what happened was this, like, military document. It was it felt like it was leaked mm-hmm. and it shouldn't have been. Yeah. But so that's made many people think that. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, God. Things that I learned when I was in Ireland, <laughs> that place be rough. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, I had no idea. I, I mean, know, right? Well, Shagging. <laughs> well... Also, there was a lot about the history of Ireland that I feel like we don't, like, we learn about, like, high points of other countries, mm. but, like, shit's bad. And they're like, the potato famine. And then I was like, he's like, yeah, the our tour guide, one of the days, his name was Alex, a very nice guy. Was, was my ass. Uh, no. He, <laughs> he sticks out in memory. Um, oh, boy. Because he was our tour guide for a whole day. I got car sick and had to sit up front with him. Oh my gosh, um, okay. And then he uh, was flirting with me and mm-hmm. wouldn't refer to Ian as my boyfriend. He was like, that guy that you're with. Uh, well. <laughs> and I'm like, my boyfriend? <laughs> um, he also called himself a crack dealer. Oh. Because in Ireland, apparently, uh, the crack is having a good time. And so he got arrested in America one time because they came, they went to Orlando for the amusement parks. Yeah, yeah. Disney? (laughs) Yep. And they were talking about crack Mm -hmm. in line, so they got flagged by TSA, and they're like, what are you here for? And they're like, we're here for the crack. And then they all got searched. Um, So his stories really stood out. Um, But he was like, yeah, potato famine, let's discuss. And I'm like, I feel like there's so much history I would have rather learned about than all the fucking wars it, I spent time learning about in world history. It is wild the way that, like, the people in Ireland have been fucked over. Um, but well, to yeah. kind of, yeah, to kind of <laughs> get to my point, like, it's 7 a.m. 7 a.m. in Dublin, in the most touristy part of Dublin. Yeah. 
and we're walking to get on this tour bus. Uh Uh-huh. And this man, I think he was, like, a homeless person. I don't know. Okay. He was on the street. Another dude came up and broke a fucking beer bottle over his head and then just took the fuck off. And so then these other random people start running after the guy who did the beer bottle breaking. Other people stop to help the guy who got attacked. And, like, there's some police officers over there not doing a goddamn thing. And I'm like, and this is the most touristy part, and it's 7 a.m. I can't believe it's and 7 a.m. and this is occurring. And this man is here with a bloody head. Yeah. And Ian and I are just like, we're going to keep walking, and we're <laughs> going to stay out of trouble, and mind our own business. Yeah. Um, two, two little Americans don't need to be involved. <laughs> two little Americans. I had potatoes with every meal while I was in Ireland, though. Well, what sounds else are you great. Do? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is Northern Ireland where this, where this takes place. Yes. Um, even spicier but it's just like i don't know i mean it's it's a lot yeah it's a lot a lot um yeah i didn't even good first episode i'd say lots of editing for you i'm so sorry that's okay that's okay not a big deal it's fine everything's fine (laughs) uh i'll just take some of what we talked about and i'll just save it for next episode's intro (laughs) this is just not gonna work Ugh. Um. All right. Weekly verdicts. Weekly verdicts. Let's do it. You go first. Oh. Um. Okay. Well, let me pull up the Google thing so I can write, write it down. Write it down. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Got it. Got that's it. Okay. It. I. I think that's allowed. Okay. Um. Okay. My. Well. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but I am. I'm going to the Festival of Lights tonight oh. with Alex. Yeah. We didn't go last year because we just ran out of time. Yeah. Um. But that was my and Alex's like first official date. Like, Precious. You know six years ago mm-hmm. um so we're we're doing that tonight we're also going to firefly and getting some gifts for yes um my mom and her boyfriend but it's a tradition for alex and i so on this very first day for the festival of lights we got arby's uh-huh. um because i didn't know at arby's you could get chicken and cheese and that's like uh. a favorite so we're also getting arby's so we're just like recreating our very first oh day, that's precious yeah so i think that's my weekly verdict i love that yeah um, it hasn't happened. I don't know if a weekly verdict could be in the future. I think it can be. <laughs> but my trip was my weekly verdict. That's true. Well, for your so stuff many. was like planning. Yeah. Well, you know so. what? You're planning to recreate your first date. <laughs> it counts. So okay, mine is that my Christmas tree is set up. Ooh. And I just my heart is really happy about the number of ornaments that I have this year, and I want more. But like, I don't just have like. Like, just colored ornaments. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about doing that just so my tree wouldn't look naked, but growing up, <laughs> not celebrating Christmas, the only person whose Christmas tree I was around was my grandma's mm-hmm. on my mom's side. Um, and she just always had, like, ornaments from when people were kids and, like, pictures and yeah. arts and crafts or, like, this is from this family vacation. And it was always, like, bright colored lights and tinsel. Oh, no. And... That's just, like, that is my idea of a Christmas tree. When I think about, like, anything Christmas associated with my childhood, it's that, that yeah. is what it is. And so that's kind of the route I have wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And last year was our first year having a tree, and I had, like, three ornaments, and it was really sad. 
Um, See, that's so, okay. So that's so weird for me because all, well, so all of my families they do treats like that. Like we don't yeah. do the color matchy. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person that does that. But that's because I had like no ornaments. Yes. And so I needed ornaments. On I my need tree. something. <laughs> yeah. So I just went to Walmart and bought like red and gold and different. Yeah. But um, since I've like since me and Alex bought this house, my mom has been giving me like my stuff. Yeah. To keep here because I'm like an adult now. Yeah. Like officially an adult. My I mom did the same stuff. thing and I was like, what in the fuck are you doing? So I have tons of my own ornaments that yeah. like, I've been getting. So every year for um, Christmas, my dad's father and his wife, my grandparents would gift me and my sister ornaments. Mm-hmm. And Well, and I think my brother got them too, though I'm not sure. But me and my sister, we have matching ornaments. So like my mom has like, yeah. I mean, like 20 some ornaments you know on top of all the other stuff but um yeah so my tree is starting to fill out with like actual special ornaments and I want to start a tradition well I just started it with Alex but I didn't tell him I was doing it nice um where we buy each other each like an ornament every year as like a part of our gift that's cute Mm -hmm. I bought him an old-fashioned it's an ornament that looks like an old-fashioned I love that that's really cute the only thing is I like an aesthetic Yes. So my tree, with it being, like, mismatched ornaments, mm-hmm. I'm still going for, like, an aesthetic Fair enough. look. Yeah. So. No, mine is, like, chaotic. It sounds okay. like it, but I mean, it I is. love it. <laughs> like, I have, I've got, like, gold and red tinsel. I've got gold beads on it. Are you worried your dogs will eat the tinsel? No. No, mine, mine would. We put it high enough up that, like, they would really have to work to get it. So it does look a little funky. Everything <laughs> on our tree stops. Like at the bottom third, the bottom yeah. third real bear. Well, it was like we had we had candy canes on the tree, so Alex yeah. kept putting candy canes on his tree, like actual Sa- ones. That's what Ian. This motherfucker right here eats the candy canes yes. off of it, so we have to buy like fake candy cane ornaments. We have <laughs> we have candy canes on ours. I got the um, Sour Patch Kids candy canes this year. Oh, that's fun. Um, so we've got candy canes, and then I've just got like. Whenever we're traveling and going places, I'm getting ornaments. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that way. That's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So, like, I have one from London. Um, I have one from our Disney trip earlier this year. Yeah, I've I got, got two from Disney. Yeah, I have one from my Mystic Falls trip. Oh, that's fun. Like, just cute, fun stuff like that. And it makes me really happy. Like, I look at my tree and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember Look at that. these memories. I remember that. Well, that's what's so – I think that's why I like Christmas trees, especially if you do them that way, because it's the end of the year, so it's fun to, like, reminisce yes. on the previous year's right. memories. Like, it's right. what you're supposed to be doing, I feel. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. It's nice. That so picture's going to go, be fun. I have to go home and take a picture of a tree. It's going to look real weird. Because, again, like, the bottom <laughs> third of that tree is bare. Maybe just take up high. Yeah. <laughs> just not the whole just tree. Just, like, high. half the tree. Just up high. <laughs> and, again, like, it doesn't look like many, but going from literally having three ornaments. <laughs> ornaments. Ornaments. <laughs> going from having three ornaments on it last year. Yeah. To having, like, seven this year. <laughs> It's just like you take all the seven ornaments and you cluster them up there. Exponential growth. <laughs> well, no, they're all so different. Like you gotta spread it out. Like one of them, I have one from oh, I like have to, I have to show you the, the first time I went to Disney with uh, my friend Liz and then Maddie, and it was like the last tangled ornament that they had in Epcot, and it's like large and it's pink and it's like this is not what I had in mind, but I wanted a fucking tangled ornament, so this is what we're doing. 
So yeah, that was the first episode of the new season of Luminol Cocktail. Season five. Definitely a little more twisty than usual, but I'm excited. Twisty how? Like lots of talking, lots of oh, yeah. random, random, We're you know, rabbit holes. We're- yeah, it's good. Season four was maybe a slump season. It got... Maybe don't listen. I was for sure gassed at the end. <laughs> but it's going to be great. We're back. We're better than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will be back next week to serve you another round of Luminol Cocktail.